It's time again for the Parkrun Adventurers. And joining me, as always, is Mel Urbacker on the Sunshine Coast. Just Hi, something different. Hey, Scotty, how are you doing? Well, there was that one week. There was that one week, yes. <laughs> who was that? Who? What, do you remember? Who, what was her name? Renee. Renee. She won't leave me alone, you know, every time. Can I come back on? Can I come back on? Well, she did do a very good job. Maybe she I, did. Maybe I need to have a holiday again. Only last time wasn't quite a holiday. Anything planned? <laughs> no, nothing in particular planned. Well, actually, that's not true. Uh, no, no holidays from the podcast planned is what I'm talking oh, okay. about. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, got you there, got you there. Um, busy time. Lots happening in the park run world. Very exciting news that we're going to get even more park runs coming. It is exciting news. Yeah. Do you want me to share with you and the rest of our listeners what's happening? Please do. It, this may sound a little bit corporate, but hear me out and, and listen to why I'm excited about this. Our major partner at Parkrun, Medibank, you've heard of them? I have. As far as major partners go, they're pretty good. They're pretty good to work with. And they've recently, well, recently as in this week, announced a new program called Free and Active. Now, why this is important for Parkrun is because part of Free and Active is that they're going to help us launch 40 new events. Are you serious? 40? 40? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. 40 new events. 40 new park runs that wouldn't happen without the help of Medibank. That's, that, that is amazing. Yeah. And it's all going to kick off this Saturday. We're launching down here in Melbourne at Brimbank Park. Going crazy. Big launch. Not, not really park runs style to go massive on launches like this, but uh, I think this is something worth celebrating. As, and so we are. As the flagship for free and active. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what's, what's going to be so special about Brimbank then? What are they doing down there that's different? So we're going to have TV. We're going to have some sunrise. And they're going to be crossing throughout the day. So that's going to be exciting. Park runs are going to be on your TVs, but hopefully... Here's the little twist. All the parkrun is going to be at parkrun. So we're actually going to be the people watching parkrun on TV are the people that aren't at parkrun. So they're going to go the next week. Ah, okay. Yep, I gotcha. Got me? Yes. Following along? Yes, I do. So it's going to be live on Saturday morning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. so get on down. If you want to be on TV, now's your chance. So people can jump around in the background and... Yeah. <laughs> nice. I hope we give some people some fair warning so they can make some little signs. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is the warning. This is the warning. Okay, guys. Yeah. You got a couple of It's a shame of days. if you listened after Saturday <laughs> to this podcast and it serves you right, really. Yes. You need to get onto this. So that's happening. We had a uh, conference, more more shop talk. We had a Parkrun Australia, the first ever Parkrun conference here on the Gold Coast that uh, you attended. So we spent the weekend together. Yep. Which was awesome. Absolutely. You were giving out information and I was consuming it. Yes. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time. I think it was possibly a slightly different conference experience than I may have had a year ago um, as I took my little 10-week-old along with me and babysitter his grandma in tow. Uh, There was lots of little trips in between sessions to uh, make sure that he was well fed and things like that but yeah no it was it was a good weekend really good I, I look forward to participating in future ones good to hear 
Yeah, so lots of information was distilled to our key volunteers and um, some exciting things happening. There's that word again. Exciting. Did you enjoy Varsity Lakes Park Run? We've got Renee, the event director, coming up shortly to tell us more about it. But um, how was your experience? I volu- because you didn't run, no, which I was very volu- happy about. I volunteered, <laughs> which gave somebody an opportunity to sneak ahead of me on the most events list, just this one time. Uh, but it was a good morning. I, I had to explain. It was funny because obviously every event has a slightly different um, list of volunteers that they require to operate each week. And so I, I did a role called Finish Token Support, which doesn't happen at all park runs. And so I, I had the pleasure of explaining to some other territory directors exactly what is involved in that uh, role because they, they don't have it at home park runs and things like that so um that was interesting so because i'm not familiar with how you did finish token support we use the finish token support as um it's usually a role that children the juniors will will take up yep well traditionally or i should say historically that's how it started for us um at kawana but it's it sort of has evolved into just you know it's always good to have somebody there around and if an adult's willing to do it we're happy for them to do it but there are a couple of ways that you can actually do the role so uh, everybody would be aware that token support people do um, hand out the tokens in order so the way we have finished token support is somebody who ensures that the token the token finished token person has all the tokens when they need them but also if you've got these fast runners who just bolt through the finish line and don't take their token and then they run another 20 or 30 meters to prevent that original token person from losing sight of you know another possible five or ten runners all coming through the finish line and what order they were in the token support person chases that person down and gives them the token and um, that way the original finish token person can concentrate on their role so. They're so annoying, those people. <laughs> Did you have any of them on Saturday? Well, it's amazing how many people you actually see. I, I do recall chasing you down, Scotty, because you didn't take your token. I mean, how many park runs have you done? <laughs> and you weren't looking for the finished token person holding out their arm with a token, you know? Where, where did think, you think um, the token was going to get given to you? I'm not sure. I think you, you hit it on the head earlier that I think uh, I was just running too fast. You were, but you were a man on a mission, I understand. <laughs> breaking My segue. Your segue, yes. Breaking your PB again. You're on fire. Yeah. Look, I, I think I'm running all right. But yeah, I got another parkrun PB. And this is an all-time parkrun PB at Varsity Lakes. But where I want to take this conversation is the art of pacing and how not to pace. Because you sort of had some help. <laughs> to get your PV, sort of. I thought I did when I, I thought I did when I started. Yeah, let's put it that way. Please good explain. Yeah. Good, good mate of mine. Um, said, uh, well, I actually approached him. I said, uh, this looks pretty flat. Uh, why don't we have a crack? I want, I want to have a crack at going sub twenty-one. And he was all over it. And he was joined by another colleague who was attending the uh, conference. And so I kind of had two paces. Okay. Everything was going well. I thought I was, I was just hanging off them. Oh, the other thing is that I, f- I forgot my watch, which was a, a stroke of genius. So I had no idea what pace we were going. Okay. But I thought I'd just stick to these two gentlemen and would be fine. 
Anyway, about three and a half K in, I was losing touch. And I kind of thought, oh, this is a bit too hard. Let's just enjoy the rest of the run. So I switched off. As my two paces sailed off into the distance, thinking, oh, I've missed 21. Let's just finish and enjoy the, uh, enjoy the morning. Mm-hmm. Crossed the finish line. And um, sure enough, 21.05. Didn't break 21, but 21.05. And uh, I thought my pacer was joking. What do you mean, joking? Well, I thought he was joking that um, that was the time because he went up and asked uh, the timekeeper what time I crossed in and uh, it was 21.05. Oh, okay. I thought, well, you know, he's a joker, this bloke. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought he just wanted to continue the joke. But then I asked... uh, couple of people behind me who, who came in at 21.20 and 21.30 and it all started to make sense. And I was even more annoyed in the moment. Because because you just, you know, slacked off. Yeah, because I'd completely switched <laughs> off. Well, not completely, but I wasn't pushing hard for my PB in the last kilometre at least. This is the important thing. What, how, how much did you beat your PB by? One second. See, <laughs> now that's perfect. It's lucky that you slackened off because now you've got more PB potential. And I know I can be done. Easy. But explain to me the how not to pace thing because it sounds like these guys did a pretty good job of getting you where you needed to go. Well, they did. But I I understand the art of pacing is that you sort of stick with the person at the pace you're going. But they decided at about 3.5k that let's go for it. So we were actually running sub 4 minute k's. Or four minute Ks for the first couple. That's why I was so far ahead. And then they said, Oh, let's go for it. So both of these two did sub twenty runs and they forgot about me. Yeah. So they, so they oh okay. That that's a bit you not agree. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if you establish before a run that you're going to pace with someone and help them achieve a goal and then you just leave them for dead on the park I run thought, course, that's yeah. That's no, we won't. Cool. Should we no, name we names? But um, look, I <laughs> okay. I can't be too mad at them because I did. They did pace me to a PB, so they did exactly what I wanted them to do. Sort of. Yeah. Well, no, you wanted to get sub twenty-one, so there's five whole seconds there that you can blame them for. But things look good for future weeks. Well, I hope you're not going to injure yourself going so fast all the time. Are you going to be one of those runners now that goes fast every week? No, definitely not. Maybe once a month. Okay. <laughs> That's a sensible approach. The World Championships wrapped up over the weekend. We said we'd have Robbo back to tell us what happened, and we did. Welcome back to the podcast, Robbo. Hey, Scotty Mel and all the listeners. Great to be back. I said it would, would do a quick wrap-up last week, but I don't think we can do that because a lot's happened since we've last <laughs> spoken to you. It was really – it was a massive weekend of athletics. Should we start at the obvious point with uh, Sally Pearson? Yes, we should. It's it's made headlines, newspaper front pages, uh, TV news. It's been the massive talking point. And, yeah, Sally Pearson, she's come back from – an injury which almost ended her career. She's overcome huge amounts of physical and mental adversity. And, and seriously, it was shaping up to be one of the all-time greatest sporting comebacks, not only in Australian sporting history, but world sport. And, um, and she's pulled it off. So I can't remember if, if, um, if we penciled her in for gold last week or not on the podcast, but um, she certainly looked great. She came out in, in her heat. She won that. 
won her semi-final. She was the fastest qualifier in, into the final. And uh, and then when the final came, there was there was a, a girl on the inside of her who had a quicker time, the current world record holder, uh, Kendra Harrison. But um, she was good, only good enough for fourth in the end. And Sally Pearson, it wasn't as convincing, maybe not as easy a win for her as the semi and the heat win, but she got her nose in front and... Uh, I think that you could read her lips as she came through the line. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my bleep god! Was how it went, and um, yeah, just to see her afterwards. The only thing was that she didn't. She was looking for someone to give a big hug to, but uh, she wasn't able to get close to the crowd. So I, I felt for her not not being able to uh, not not having someone to hug her. I think she hugged the, the lady that came third in the end. Yeah. But uh, yeah, fantastic achievement for Sally, and um, and yeah, great to see. Australia got on the board in terms of the medals at those champs, but um, she's back to her best and, you know, she's not ruling out uh, getting to another Olympic Games up in Tokyo and, and definitely she'll be fired up now for her home Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast next year. Look, great comeback, but on the point, why is she always so surprised? <laughs> Isn't it funny? You can she's be, been in that you can position be the before. Best. She's won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can be the best in the world. She's won at a World Championships before in 2011. She's won a gold medal in the Olympic Games in 2012. She's won everything you can win, basically. Um, you you could forgive her for being, you know, a little bit cocky, I guess. But yeah, she she said even afterwards in the in the early rounds and in the final, she still had these doubts in her head. What if I fail? What if I don't do it? What if I'm not good enough? So even at that level, she still had these little negative voices in her head which she had to try and just you know shut down and and go out and do what she was able to do and she knew she could do it and and um yeah and she just had to convince herself <laughs> by doing it but the other interesting part of her story scotty with her her comeback is that she's decided in recent times to coach herself so she's done away with having a coach which is pretty unusual um in that sport and she obviously feels like she knows her body and knows what she needs to do and and she's backed herself and um yeah, she's only 30 years old, so plenty of time for uh, to add a few more medals to uh, to her ever-growing collection, I, I reckon. So, yeah, great story. If she had a coach, would that person have been allowed in somewhere within huggable distance? Uh, po- possibly. I, I, I'm not sure. It was interesting to see the track there. I've not been to the Queen Elizabeth track there in, um, in East London, but it looks like it's a bit of a barrier between the crowd and the actual track, so it's almost like a moat. That goes the whole way around the track. So I'm not sure because that the coaches could even get get access to the athletes unless they run over straight after you finish on the home straight. There's a little section where it looks like you can get into an area there to hug your fans. But um, no, a little bit more challenging than say other tracks like Glasgow. I'll be interested to see what the setup is in um, on the Gold Coast. I've got my tickets. I, I checked actually not long after she won that gold medal to see if, if my if I had my ticket for uh, the hundred meter women's final. For the hurdles on the Gold Coast, and yeah, luckily I was able to get a ticket. So, hope to be there. We hopefully can recreate recreate the magic from the Glasgow Com Games with your inflatable kangaroo. That's right, Jumpy. That's all anyone really remembers. <laughs> Jumpy the kangaroo. And look, interesting. Speaking of, I guess mascots, Mel, um, and we'll get onto some more highlights for the Aussie team soon. But the all the talk of the World Championships. I don't know how much you guys have seen of it, but Hero the Hedgehog the official mascot for the IAAF World Champs this year in London. And um, he was just up to all sorts of antics. And it finished off on the final day where he was uh, he was flown in to the stadium, basically. He was on a, on a um, 
on a rope and they uh, yeah flew him across the entire stadium. But he was uh, swimming in the steeplechase barrier. He he was you know doing somersaults down the steps of the grandstand. He was pinching the bum of the beef eaters as they came out to play the trumpets. It, up to all sorts of antics. So yeah, go go and have a look, folks. If you haven't seen yet, just look look up Hero the Hedgehog, and you'll see a whole bunch of videos, um, adding a lot of colour and fun to to the championships this time. Look, we're already in deep talks with Hero to become an official <laughs> uh, mascot for the pod. Uh, he led. <laughs> he was our Facebook post last week. So oh, awesome! Negotiations yep. are going well. Stay tuned. No, good. We'd well, be great at park run. You get him in as the tail runner, or you know, on the on the funnel. So it could be a lot of fun. I'll tell you who, was, who else was a lot of fun. He was one of my highlights. Is it Bossa, the Frenchman? Who, oh, yes. Uh, pulled off the 800 metres. And he, <laughs> he was out here for Nitro earlier in the year. He was. He was. But, uh, another surprise winner. There were lots of surprise yeah. winners over the whole That, uh, that one was um, – that race, the men's 800, Scotty, was, was pretty wide open. I think it was something like six of the top nine fastest times uh, from that year. The athletes that had run those times weren't there, um, including – David Rudisha, uh, the defending world champion and uh, two-time Olympic champion and current world record holder. So it was it was an it was an opening there for someone like the boss from France. And uh, I don't think the uh, his rivals, the East Africans, gave him enough credit when he when he went to the lead with about two fifty to go, and um, they kind of let him go. And then he just kept going, and they couldn't catch him. And he, he came across the line uh, with a pretty, I, I guess, a bit of an unexpected. Uh, win even for him but he said in the interview afterwards that he he felt like he was playing roulette and he put everything on red and um and it, it came off today and he's a really colorful character it's a it's a great interview actually I'm not sure if he swears in it but um full of full of color and he's a color, colorful guy I actually just met up with him at Nitro just for just for a very brief moment um and uh yeah he was pretty fired up that night as well so great to see uh a, a spread I guess of winners across the championships. There was an, another int- really colourful winner in the men's 400-metre hurdles. I can't remember his name, but young fellow from Norway in his 20s, and uh, he had a look of disbelief when he crossed the line in, in first place as well. So, um, yeah, it's good to see a lot of countries getting uh, their, their share of success across the champs. All right, Robbo. So what everyone's going to want to know about is the Parkrun Championship race is... What, what happened there? Yeah, well, they were interesting. So, um, yeah, we were setting the scene on the show last week. But the women's uh, event, well, I can tell you there, we, we weren't able to get any of our three girls into the final, unfortunately. But um, Maddie Hills, uh, she ended up finishing 19th overall. Elsie Wellings, 27th overall. And Heidi C, 29th overall. So they, um, they, they finished lower down in their heats, which meant they, meant they didn't progress. But... You know, they still, each of them ran 15-13, 15-25, 15 So it's a pretty handy uh, park run time, just to put that into perspective. Uh, for the men, we had, a, I guess, a little bit more success there. Patrick Tin, and who um, I've been talking him up for basically all this year and, and uh, many, many months now. He looks to be the goods. Um, you know, people will have not heard the name Craig Mottram. He looks to be a guy that can, you know, rival what Mottram was able to do, and he actually won um, a medal in the parkrun distance world champs um, uh, a few editions ago. But, yeah, Pat Tiernan made it through in his heat. He was fourth in his heat, 
which got him an automatic qualifier for the final. Unfortunately, Morgan McDonald uh, narrowly missed out on getting to the final, and uh, Sam McKenty was the other Aussie there. He also missed out. But yeah, Pat Tiernan, he, uh, he made it through to the final, and this was the big one where Mo Farah was looking to complete uh, the triple-double of the 10,000 and 5,000 gold medals in three uh, consecutive world champs. And Mo was out kicked at the end and had to settle for silver. But um, interesting to see Pat Tin and the Aussie was out in front from about the third K and he held on till, till about 600 metres to go and then the field sort of gobbled him up a little bit. But he pushed the pace and at one point he looked like he might be in, in with a shake um, to maybe even jag a medal. But yeah, great run from him nonetheless. And he ended up finishing in 11th place uh, in that 5,000-metre final and was on the track for Moe's last race. Um, so, yeah, great great uh, result for him after the disappointment of his 10,000 metres where he doesn't know what happened there. He, he fatigued massively and reckoned he was getting, uh, he was, you know, getting delusional in the final few Ks of that race. But he turned it around 11th in the world, not too bad at all. And I reckon, yeah, if you remember one name from these champs, Patrick Tiernan's definitely one to uh, one to remember. I'm not sure if he's done a park run yet, but um, I'd love to see what he could do maybe at Toowoomba Park Run. That's where he's from. Oh, look, I feel for Pat. It's the last 600 metres that gets me every time too. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We can all relate to that. <laughs> and Mo hadn't been beaten for eight years. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that amazing stat? The Ethiopian that came across, he, I don't know if you, if you saw it or not, but he came across the line. He did the Mobot straight away. I don't know if it was kind of, an insult to Mo, or if it was it was flattery to Mo, or, or what that was. But I think I think it was done with respect because he was playing around with it again on the um, metal dice later on. So yeah, look, it's it's interesting. Not the I guess quite the fairy tale finish that Mo wanted. He his first ever medal at the World Champs was silver, and then the others were all gold, and then the final one was silver. So it kind of bookends his World Champs career quite nicely, and he's got plenty of um, good days ahead of him, I'm sure, on the on the roads now. Uh, he's already had a bit of a dabble there, but yeah, wait to see what what he, he might be able to do um, on on a marathon when he gets a, a good day. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. But yeah, you know, like Usain Bolt, um, we fare well these these legends of the sport. Maybe not in the the way they would have hoped, but it was interesting to still see, even though they they didn't get maybe the result they they wanted right at the end, they were still given a, a fitting send off, and it was certainly an emotional time um, for everyone in the stadium by the look of it. Now, Robbo, I was getting up at silly hours to watch these races. I saw uh, Bolt farewell the world, but I also saw uh, the women's steeplechase final. Another little mishap happened. Did you did you see that one? <laughs> I did. I, I threw How it. does that I, happen? I sound... <laughs> Let, let's set it up. So in the women's steeplechase final, one of the favourites, um, It's this is one of the events where they deviate off the course, the traditional 400 metre track course to to jump over the the water hurdle and uh, she missed the first deviation Mm. how does that happen yeah at such a level (laughs) so I I, in my work around commentating athletics in the last few years I've had to get my head around this sport a bit more myself all in all there's 35 barriers you have to jump and one of which of them each time you go around is the water jump. Now, different tracks will have the steeplechase water barrier in different places. You can either have it on the outside of the regular track or on the inside of the regular track. Depending on where you've got your water jump will depend on where you start 
a 3,000 metre steeplechase race. So you're either on the home straight or you're on the back straight. And it can get confusing because in your first lap, sometimes you don't jump the water jump and sometimes you do, depending on where where you've started. This lady obviously had it in her head that she didn't need to jump it on the first one or she just was daydreaming. You did need to jump it and uh, she was in the lead. Got about, what do you reckon, 30 metres, 40 metres past the jump until she realised, hang on, uh, I better get back and jump this thing. And so the rest of the field leaped over the, the water barrier and she was left doing a big U-turn to come back and, uh, and get herself over it as well. So um, I've never, ever seen that happen before, <laughs> Scott. Yeah. I, I threw a... I still photo of it up on my Instagram, which um, got a few few uh, wry smiles as well. But yeah, it looks something new for everyone. I'm, I'm sure she'll never do it again. Bringing the women's steeplechase into sharp focus is what she was doing. I think wasn't getting yes, enough attention. Exactly. It's it's worth mentioning uh, the Aussie in that in that final, Genevieve Lacaz, uh, who was able to negotiate all the steeple barriers in the right order. At the right moment, she um she had a great race as well. She ended up finishing twelfth, uh, improving on the season's best she got in the heat. Uh, she ran nine twenty six, so that's a nine twenty six for three k's, and then you jump over all those things on the on the way round as well. So she didn't think she was ever, even going to be a starter at the World Champs um, a couple of months ago. She's come back from a foot injury, and uh, there she is finding herself top twelve in the world, and she uh, fully fit. Will I'm confident mix it with the absolute very best at that level um, in years to come, and so yeah, that top twelve would would become a top six or top five, and maybe even get her into the medals. I'll, I'd be putting my money on her for a gold medal at the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games right now. So yeah, she'll she'll do well in that one, I reckon. Not long to wait now until that happens. Robo, thanks for coming on, giving us an update. Pleasure. Happy park running. You still, you Thank still you very much. Happy... Park run? Oh, I'm trying to every now and then, pushing the pram at times. And um, my wife, Gabby, has been uh, getting a few PBs of late too. But, yeah, it's all about the Sydney Marathon for me at the moment. So five weeks, a bit under five weeks training for that. So I'll have a couple of quicker blasts around the Newey Park Run course in the next few weeks. But, um, yeah, and then a little bit of travelling as well, heading out to Dubbo and up to Foster. So I'll do the park runs out there. In the next few weeks too, so a bit of parkrun adventuring, which is always welcome. We're heading now to one of the events that runs by a body of water. We had the pleasure of being there on the weekend, and now we have the pleasure of talking to the event director. Renee, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Thank you, Mel. Now, for those who haven't been there, can you let's let's jump right in and give a course description so they can figure out the lay of the land. Okay, so yes, as Mel mentioned, we do have a lovely lake that we run around. Um, we've been um, hit by a bit of construction lately that's made us change our course twice. But good news is, about a fortnight ago, we moved back to our semi-original course, so most of the run now is along the lake start out near the sports house, which is a big port um, and water venue on the Gold Coast, um, cross a bridge over the lake, um, and basically all far about probably not even a K is actually uh, along the lake. But yes, yeah, uh, basically about that. It's a very pretty run. We forgot to mention that you're on the Gold Coast, where there's lots of 
parkrun events popped up. How do you go for numbers? How many numbers do you get each week at Varsity Lakes? Uh, anywhere from about 80 to 120 on a normal week. Um, we've got a lot of kids now that are doing a bit of trail running as well. So um, when those runs are on um, out in the hinterland, we won't see them. Or if they've got soccer or other sporting um, events, we might go a couple of weeks and not see them. But general numbers are anywhere from 80 to 120. But numbers swelled a little bit on the weekend. <laughs> they did. <laughs> you had a few extra visitors. Mel and I were in town. As we had the annual parkrun conference, as Mel and I have already chatted about, um, and we ran at Varsity Lakes. And one of the things that also happened is that all the visiting TDs from around Australia took over your event and took over all the volunteer roles, which allowed you to have a run, which is something that you don't get to do very often. That's right. So I actually um, got the heads up from Gavin, my TD, um, probably about four weeks before your conference, um, where he kindly offered for you guys to take over all the volunteer roles. Um, so yeah, it was pretty exciting because I don't get to run at Varsity um, very often. I've been attending Varsity Lake since January 14, um, and I've only done 17 runs there. So um, it was exciting, and my sister and her hubby and kids were there as well, so I ran with my nephew, uh, which was also uh, quite exciting as well. You started running at Varsity Lakes in 2014, but it launched a bit earlier than that, didn't it, Renee? Yes, it did. It launched about uh, May 2013, no, May 2012, I think. It's four years old. And so how did you hear about it? How did you get involved with Parkrun? It was actually in just a local Gold Coast um, mail drop newsletter. I think it's our Friday flyer. Um, and there was a tiny little paragraph in there. Um, I'd started running probably only six months before that uh, on my own. Uh, and I saw it in there and thought, why not? It might, you know, make me run a little faster maybe. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think it was the January, maybe it wouldn't have been New Year's Day. It was probably like the second week of January in 14 that I um, headed down there. Yeah. And how long before you became the run director? Because it's my understanding this was sort of thrust upon you. <laughs> it was. So it was November of 14 that I actually took over as um, event director. So I did do quite a few volunteer roles sort of between that January and November. Um, and then in November um, took over as ED um, simply because, uh, yeah, the other ED left. And, you know, at that stage we had probably around 100 runners a week and I just – um, you know, couldn't let it not happen, I guess. Yeah, so take us through that. So the event director leaves. You've, you've started yeah. park running at this park run. You, you kind of like it, but all of a sudden you're in charge of it. Why, why did you well, do it and what were the challenges that uh, you faced with that? Yeah, well, I was very lucky that um, Tim Oberg was still on the Gold Coast at that time. So he was actually situated there at the sports house. So um, I guess I was very lucky in the fact that the boss of park run was there and able to be contacted. Um, I've made a few friends, um, just, you know, Saturday morning friends um, at Park Run and just the joy that it brings to people and the families. Um, it's not much out of my week. Um, a couple of hours on a Saturday morning, that includes post-run coffee, of course. Um, I just couldn't not let it continue and let 100-odd runners, you know, not turn up at Varsity Lakes on a Saturday morning. Any regrets? Not at all. No, not one. Every week we have new people come to park run. Couldn't tell you the last time we had a week where there wasn't any, any new runners. And I know Scott actually asked um, the group if there were any first-time runners at Varsity Lakes. Um, I don't recall seeing any hands go up, but we did, in fact, have three first-timers, which is something we have 
I would say, every week at Varsity. Um, I can't remember the last time there was a week where we didn't actually have any new park runners at Varsity. How do you feel? So you had the president. It, it was the other Scott, not me, who was the run director on the day. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the president of the board took over your <laughs> event. A real outsider coming in. Were there any nerves about handing your event over to someone who's never been there before? Uh, not at all. He contacted me through the week just to make sure that there, you know, if there was anything we specifically needed to mention. Um, I probably would have been more nervous if I was run director <laughs> with 40-odd territory directors there. Um, he actually did a great job and I even commented to someone standing next to me that we'd have him back any time because um, the pre-run brief was brilliant. So, yeah, absolutely no complaints. Territory directors aren't that scary. No, they're not. And I'm, I guess, very lucky. Um, Gavin is my territory director. If ever I've got a question, easy enough to contact him. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant support. Um, and Renee, I was lucky enough to have Renee um, Gimbert prior to that. Um, so, yeah, no complaints um, anywhere that anyone's, you know, been ever, you know, anything less than supportive um, of me as an RD at Varsity Lakes. That's what we like to hear. Now, Renee, um, what kind of people are attracted to Varsity Lakes? Like, I, I find as you go from event to event, there are different demographics that, that seem to come along. What kind of crowd do you guys get there? Uh, we tend to um, observe or think that we actually have a lot of farm, uh, families at Varsity Lakes. Um, in particular, we have a lot of dads that just come down with their little ones in the stroller and we've seen them grow up from, you know, newborn babies or when they're old enough to be in a pram um, up to we've got one in particular now where dad will stop a couple of metres out from the finish line and actually lift him out. He's two now, little Harry, um, and let him run to the finish line. So families we do seem to attract. Um, uh, we've got a lot of young um, school kids as well who are also quite competitive in their school, cross countries, etc. We've got a few interstate at the moment competing. Um, so when they're there, we've got, you know, the really fast runners. We had one um, miss our course record by six seconds a fortnight ago. Um, and then we've got people in their 70s as well. So quite a range, but the thing that sticks out most is a lot of families at Varsity Lake. And what about do you get around adventuring, touristing to other park runs yourself, Renee? Uh, not so much. I do like travelling as well. I work in the travel industry, so I do travel quite a bit. Um, so I've only done 25 park runs, believe it or not, um, 17 at Varsity, so the rest have been um, at different locations. Um, overseas, I've done Singapore, and I will be doing it again in October this year. Um, and then the others I've done are uh, Northern Territory, so I've done Darwin, um, volunteered at Darwin and Palmerston, uh, Stockton, um, in Newcastle, and this weekend I hope to do St Peter's in Sydney for the second time as well. And I've done Albert Park, of course, as well. Well, you do get around. Any highlights in amongst any of those events? Uh, I actually love Stockton, and I hadn't been running much leading up to that, but when, you know, you're in another place and there's a park run basically across the water, you can catch a ferry to that one. Um, there's no excuse not to get out of bed and do it on a Saturday morning. Awesome. Well, we love to hear about adventures, and that's the first time I think we've had Stockton um, used as a, as a highlight. Thanks very much for joining us this week, Renee. It's been lovely having you, and it was lovely. Uh, well, I volunteered at your course on the weekend, but I, of course, as we mentioned, Scotty ran, but it was lovely participating anyway at Varsity Lakes. You do a great job there. Thank you, Mel. Thanks, Scott.
Hello again, Parkrun adventurers. G'day, Scott. G'day, Mel. It's Lyndall reporting once again for the Channel 5 News crew from the anniversary, the third anniversary of Wishart Parkrun. Now, on the podcast, we talk a lot about cake at anniversaries and we go, say you go searching for cake. Um, I've rocked up at Wishart this morning and been informed there is no cake. Um, however, there is free coffee. Now, interestingly enough, I wasn't all that disappointed about the no free cake uh, because the reason I came was actually because of the theme so there's a theme for the anniversary this year um, they've been inspired by their third anniversary gone back three decades and picked a theme of the 80s jogger and I just couldn't resist to be honest so I'm decked out in my lovely fluoro shoes I've got my pink lounge socks purple tights fluoro pink shorts and shirt i've even managed to find myself a a lovely pink uh, bum bag Um, and all topped up with a fantastic uh terry toweling headband so i'm looking quite the quite the uh piece this morning and loving it it's really fun so this is my thing i'm wondering whether anybody else was also significantly inspired to come along to Wishart because of the costumes. Now, this might be topical to you, Mel, in your in your current quest um, to get Adam to dress up for his upcoming half marathon. So, I'm going to test this out for you, Mel. What's the draw card at a parkrun anniversary? Is it costumes, or is it cake and coffee? I'll uh, check out the take a temperature on the parkrun field, and um, we'll see how we go. Okay, post run now, and I'm here with Bronwyn. Bronwyn is looking fantastic in her 80s gear. From uh, bottom to top, she's got fluoro blue shoes, fluoro yellow socks and tutu, and then a lovely pink top number, and then a headband and matching sunglasses in a lovely shade of green, and sweatbands on her wrist. So she's really played the part this morning. Bronwyn, um, what's your regular park run? Is it Wishart? My regular park run is Wishart. Um, and I love it. It's absolutely, it kills me every single week, but I love it. I keep coming back to Conquerors. So it's fantastic. That's awesome. That's what Parkrun's about, right? Absolutely. It's, I've been running for five years, and Parkrun has kept me going. And if I, don't, if I miss a Parkrun, I actually get really, really sad, really, really sad. And I've done f- nine marathons since the Parkrun. I've done Chicago, Boston, Tokyo. And in six weeks, we go to Berlin. So I'm doing the Berlin Marathon. And it's all because I cannot miss a park run on a Saturday. So it's fantastic. Fantastic. Wonderful. What a fantastic story. All because of park run. All because of park run. Now, I've come here for the anniversary today. And as I've, we've already talked about your yes. costume, um, there's no cake today, but there is coffee. So what's the best thing about the anniversary for you, Bronwyn? Is it the costumes or the coffee? Costumes and a run and the coffee is very important, but mainly the run i love the run so monique now when i was driving here with the 80s theme in mind i just thought i need to find at least somebody who's inspired by jane fonda or Livy newton john in the leotards and i found you so could you describe your costume for me so i have a very special all-in-one leotard it has pink legs and then it's got a shiny blue leotard over the top that says let's get physical so definitely inspired by olivia newton john and i feel like my um fingerless gloves that are pink add to the outfit i've got a scrunchie but i'm just missing a headband so i did let myself down a little bit that's okay look i'm giving you a good nine and a half out of ten for your costume and good job now 
anniversaries, usually cake, often costumes. Today there's coffee and costumes. So what do you think is the best thing about anniversaries? Costumes or coffee? Probably costumes, but I also like the chance to thank all our volunteers from during the year. It makes it a big difference, I think, to have a great community of volunteers like we do at Wishart. And you won an award today for volunteering. Yeah, my husband Jeff and I are run directors and we won volunteer of the year. Um, I think that's because we've recruited a lot of new run directors with the bribe of a great breakfast. So we say, you know, free, limited time only, special offer, run director training and amazing breakfast. So and we've had quite a few uh, buyers this year, enough to set up Mansfield Park Run as well. That's excellent. I've done both those courses and they're both terrific events. So thanks a lot and thanks for being on the podcast. Naho, so you're also a regular here at um, Wishart Parkrun? Yes, I am. So I started coming in February. Um, I haven't been running for a long time. I only started in November, so less than a year. And so your first Parkrun anniversary? Yes, it is. So um, I just found out only a couple of days ago though they're doing the anniversary and dress up. So I just went everywhere and then um, I went to the op shop and got a costume, um, which my daughter's wearing. So she's got the purple leotard. I mean, purple, um, yeah, leotard, and then she's got the fishnets I had uh, in my wardrobe, and then she decided to wear it, so I had to go into the kids' wardrobe to get my outfit, which I'm wearing the kids' um, rainbow-coloured border shorts. I've got the kids' exercise top, which I managed to fit. Um, I've got the fishnets, and I borrowed the, um, the leg warmer uh, socks or from my youngest one, so I'm glad I fit into them. You're looking fantastic and very 80s, I must say. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. So I've got to ask you the question I've been asking everyone this morning. What's the best thing about a Parkrun anniversary? Is it the costumes or the coffee? Um, I, I reckon it's a costume and also it's like a community, like, you know, big friends, like a party feeling, I think. Parkrun's always a community, but especially on anniversaries, right? Yes, it is, yes. It's fantastic. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, now Jeff is here. Jeff, um, you're a Park One Wish Heart regular. I am indeed. And you're looking stunning today. Could I get you to just describe how wonderful you look in your 80s gear? <laughs> yes, I can. So from the bottom, I've got my black Velcros on, um, a pair of Dad's 80s knitted socks, uh, short black ruggers. Uh, I do have a fluoro singlet and a uh, bit of a retro Adidas jacket on and of course topped off with a beautiful uh, blonde mullet that I've grown myself. Not to mention those fabulous retro bolos and your wonderful terry toweling headband. <laughs> yes, well these, uh, these bolos are actually 80s bolos, they are the real deal. Oh don't worry, I can tell. <laughs> Now, before I leave you, I've got to ask you the question, what's the best thing about the anniversary today? Is it the costumes or the coffee? Definitely the costumes. The coffee is good. Uh, it is free this morning, which is great. But, uh, no, it's always nice to spend some time dressing up for, uh, for a special occasion. And third anniversary this morning has been good. We've had a good turnout. Uh, and there's plenty of great retro gear going on. So, yeah, definitely the costumes. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Okay, so I've tracked down the event director, Adrian. Adrian, how are you going today? Oh, terrific. It's been a great day, our third anniversary of Wishart Park Run.
And you are into the swing of things with your 80s theme. Can you describe what you're wearing today? Yeah, I've got your typical yellow, sort of bright fluoro uh, tracky dacks, okay, that they used to wear in the 70s. And I've uh, got the, uh, the flowing hair and with the headbands and uh, some funky glasses as well. These, these glasses are something to behold. They're, um, you know, those ones that have got the slits and the different colours that the rock stars used to wear, you know, in the 80s. He's looking like a rock star, cross between a rock star and a jogger. Fabulous work. Um, now, Adrian, three years on, um, how is Wishart Park Run faring? Do you, and what are your numbers like each week? Ah, yeah, well, we've grown over the three years. I mean, at one stage, we're always there, you know, hoping for 100 people, okay? And uh, I think we used to dodge up the results a bit. Some statistical uh, thing going on. If you have a look at our event history, we had so many weeks where we were exactly 100 people. I think we might have counted a couple of magpies and and, uh, puppy dogs that ran the course. Um, but well, as uh, long as they bought their barcode, that's all right, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, but uh, yeah, we grew. We grew. Uh, we we're averaging well over two hundred for uh, uh, you know, quite a while, and we we're bulging at the seams. And uh, that's when we decided to start Mansfield Park Run. Yeah. Yeah, Monique was saying that you managed to uh, get up a few extra run directors and, and farm them out to Mansfield. Yeah, we, we, we kept advertising, marketing, how great it is to be a run director at Park Run, uh, how much value and, and confidence you get out of it. And, uh, and we trained people for quite a while. And, uh, and, yeah, we were able to share the love to our sister Park Run. Excellent. Now, one final question. I did ask you earlier in the in the morning, is there cake? And you said, no, there's no cake, but there's free coffee. That's great. What an awesome uh, addition to Parkrun anniversary. I have to ask you, what's the best thing about the anniversary today? Is it the costumes or the coffee? I'd have to say the costumes. People have really embraced the, the vintage jogger uh, uh, theme that we had today. And, uh, yeah, some people have got the tight singlets and tight shorts going. Others have the, uh, the leggings and uh, everyone's got headbands. So it's, it's been a fantastic morning. Excellent. I, I have to concur. It's been plenty of fun. I've had an awesome time dressing up and it's always great out here out at Wishart. It's a lovely, friendly community, as most park runs are, but Wishart's lovely. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. So there you have it, park runners. Uh, pretty decisive victory this morning to costumes over coffee today at Wishart Park Run. Though I have to say that there is still a lineup for the coffee. It is a very, very popular option. So I will leave it with you. Um, until next time, Scotty and Mel, it's over and out from Lindell. Well, thank you, Lindell, for another stellar roving report from Wishart Park Run. Loved. Love the angle you took there between the coffees and costumes. Not surprised at all that costumes won out in the end, but it's always great to hear the, the support from Parkrun adventurers out in the world. Mel, you got costumed up on Saturday. I did. You pulled out, you pulled out an old favourite? I yes. didn't recognise you when I first saw you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's, he's, Mugatu is a good costume for going incognito, that's for sure. And who doesn't love a random costume from time to time? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> there will be costumes at, well, we're thinking there's going to be costumes 
at Callahan and Hobart this weekend because they're both celebrating their anniversaries. They are indeed. We haven't actually checked to see whether or not they've got themes going on, but it's chances are good. And you know what? Yeah. Even if they're not celebrating with the theme, people could still show up with costumes anyway. Absolutely. Didn't stop you. Did not. And we've already talked about launches at Bringbank, but there's one more in South Australia. South Australia is bringing it home strong with Aldinga Beach this week, getting their launch. That one's been in development for quite a while, so it's going to be a good one. Has it? What, what do you know about it? I saw some photos, and it uh, looks like a pretty part of the world. I know that the event directors originally started at Christie's Beach in South Australia, and now they're moving across. So their run directors have stepped up to take on the event director roles at Christie's Beach, and then, yeah... Now they're starting a new one at Aldinga Beach, which isn't too far from Christie's Beach. It's all along the same coastline, obviously. They really like beaches. They really do. And they've got, they really have the runners to run them too. Okay, that's another episode down. Uh, You were mentioning that, uh, no, what were you mentioning? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing to talk about. (laughs) I'm not going to mention anything more. That's all we're going to say. We're not going to mention anything more because we don't deliver on anything we mention in this little part of the program where we talk about nonsense. However, I, I can tell everyone that I have registered Adam for the 2K event next weekend. This is when the costume party is going to happen. So I haven't I haven't told him yet that I'm making him a costume in secret, but we'll see whether or not he, uh, he bows down to the encouragement. I'm calling it encouragement that everyone has been giving him so far on social media. But keep it up. We've seen some people jump on Streaky September already. It's it's a thing now. We've also yep. already been challenged to do some freedom runs during Streaky September at different park runs. And I think that's a great way to do Streaky September, getting in freedom runs at different events that you haven't done. We should yeah. incorporate a couple of those into the challenge as well. I like the commitment. A long way out too. So I've still got two weeks to get ready for it. But, and so have you, Mel. Because run, you know, we've talked about it. I love running, but running every day, it it's does take, be tough. It does take commitment. Some some days life gets in the way and you just have to push life back out of the way and get it done. Streaky September. Are we back next week, Scotty? Is that going to happen? What do you think? I, I, I am enjoying it. We're in a groove again. Scotty's got his so, groove yeah. back. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with it next week too. All right. Cool. We'll see you all next week. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll have May, March, August Madness next week. <laughs> can we do that? I really want to do it. I don't know. Can we do that? I'll, I will no, leave sorry. it up to you. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Let's look forward to August Madness next week. Maybe. Maybe. See you later, Parkrun Adventurers. Bye.